another edition of Old School. Mark Thompson here, Johnny Idarola, and Ben Menkowitz. It's a good tree trio. I'm very excited about this threesome, actually. Yeah. For once. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> Finally, a good threesome. Um, yeah. In the story of my life. Still right. time for it to be just One end unsatisfying threesome after another. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, John, are you... Uh, are you still uh, you still married? Uh, against all odds. Yeah. So the I, pool uh, is and, yeah. I was going to say I, I definitely had the under. What? what uh, when did you? Uh, <laughs> when? When did you guys get married? We got married Thanksgiving week, 2019. Yeah. So it was one it's of been the more than a year, year and a half. That's right. Last wedding that I uh, attended in any capacity. We got it in right before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, if you're ever, I mean, looking for a situation that might road test a marriage, I think pandemic shut-in situation is a very strong thing to have to have gone through. Don't you agree, yeah. Ben? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's uh, that is the ultimate uh, the ultimate marriage test. I mean, it's already it's already a test because it's like you're marrying John, and you know, it's like one one nonsensical conversation after another. You know, <laughs> prepare for one. Yeah. By the way. I can launch into all sorts of nerdy oh, anytime I, I want. I know. Did you go through the nerdy checklist as you guys were going out prior to your marriage? Like, you know, uh, I don't know what nerdy stuff it is. By, I'm by the way, let me just stop it. Before, yeah. before you answer that question, I just want to uh, point out that uh, the uh, first half of old school, there was no, uh, there was no cursing. I yeah, well, you're pointing. Uh, uh, who, who, who did curse, just for the record, though? John. Uh, John, John, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oddly, a guy who lives TYT day in and day out, and yet somehow he's the first one to uh, to get the penalty. There, yeah. there are consequences to not inviting me on the show every two years or so. Um, but yeah, so what was the question? The nerdy oh, the checklist. Nerd did you go through it? Yeah, well, uh, so our first date... Uh, which, just to be clear, she asked me out, uh, was to see the first Hobbit film. So that laid the groundwork, I think. But no, I, I don't, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear on the show. I don't hide any of this stuff. I introduced her pretty fast to, you know, board games and all sorts of stuff like that. It's best were to get it out the, of the way. Were you the, the nerd ninja who was introducing it all to her, or did she have a couple of moves herself that she introduced to you? Well, look, she suggested The Hobbit. Like, she's probably more into Lord of the Rings uh, than I am. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a bit of back and forth. She's more, like, uh, indie film nerdy to some extent. Like, she definitely is, like, like I, I had never gone to, you know, film festivals before or indie short festivals or anything like that. So I would say that would be her part of the, the bargain. Um, I, I mean, the first of all, the Hobbit movies are terrible. They're just, they're terrible. The first one's like, okay. I don't. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Hobbit movies I, I didn't even see, Rick? I didn't, I didn't no, see the second, The Hobbit. I didn't Hobbit. see the second one because the first one was bad. Who's the guy who's in the first one? Uh, you're thinking of uh, Timothy. No, it's just oh, what Tim. is his name? Tim, right? Just Tim. Yeah, the dude from The Office. Yeah, he's um, the original British Office. Yeah, and he's yeah. on this Netflix show now, this sort of. Uh, uh, he's like a rogue federal agent, and there's uh, nothing. He's great. Like he's a like he, he's in something. Odds are it's better. Which means if he hadn't been in the Hobbit, it would have been even worse. He was the best. Um, Martin yeah. Freeman. 
Martin yes. Freeman. Tim, I, Martin Tim Timothy, Freeman. Right, yeah, also, right. many many people call um, him Tim. And I think I think his name might have been Tim in the office. I think. And but I um, think that's right. Yeah, Tim to Jim. In, yes. In, right, in and I think the Jim show and... you're thinking of is Startup, which right. trivia. My wife was in several episodes of Startup. Oh, is no, that right? Not so, AC, uh, our, him, our, what's Arlene's last name? Uh, her stage name is Santana. All right. Um, yeah. Did she take your name? Uh, she, I mean, her, she's kept the same stage name, but she hyphenated. So it's Sarada okay. Idarola. All right. Very good. Wow. <laughs> no further Thank questions then, uh, prosecutor? Can I, <laughs> so uh, I have. I just, uh, 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 I swear I, she's, we're still there. This, this ring is like totally legit still. Speaking um, of the ring, now Lord of the Rings, that was much better than The Hobbit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the Lord of the Rings is not for me, and I enjoy making fun of it. Right. But I get there it's reasonable to like those movies right did you, not, yeah did you get frustrated uh, the year that like return of the king won all the oscars oh, it was stupid it was just stupid stupid <laughs> stupid moment for the academy and stupid oh, yeah. things happened well, yes yeah I of mean, course I did. yeah <laughs> it was the, a big trilogy i mean yeah, the I academy <laughs> but they call it the academy it's this you know it's uh 35 or 6000 say 3500 to 6000 people sitting around with t-shirts and jeans on and if you can get them to watch your movie you're lucky and they're all voting on this stuff it's the academy awards are the biggest load so are all the award shows by having said that they're super important because they drive business and they drive attention for film which is really cool but the idea yeah. somehow that you know how could these movies, if you go back through history, it's it's just an embarrassment after embarrassment. And then once in a while, something, you know, you might have a couple of years to punch yeah. through, which is like decent work. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm in between. Like they, sometimes they, they, you know, it's just, again, it's just decisions made by people. I mean, it's decisions made by voters, right? I mean, we, and voters get stuff wrong a lot, as we well know, <laughs> and not everybody votes. And uh, and obviously it depends on the year. And I was trying to look out at, at the, the, so the Return of the King won, right? Mm -hmm. That was the one that, that I think won. won 10, I think. Did it win Best Picture? I think it might have. I thought it won. Oh my God. Bankowitz. I just really wanted to answer on the uh, the cool wow. black phone. But literally <laughs> yeah. no one calls inconceivable. Dr. Lecter? Dr. Lecter? <laughs> Dr. Lecter? Huh? I'm so okay, great. It's been a good There great. actually someone on that line? Yeah, there was somebody there. Madness. Oh. Can uh, I say something that's probably going to end up frustrating Ben quite a bit? Um, especially because I have seen, by far to the three of us, and probably any 30 uh, p additional people, the least classic Hollywood films. Like, I could probably tell you all of the classic movies that Ben would have literally any respect for that I've seen. But that said, I weirdly want the awards ceremonies to mean something. Like my wife and I, the past four years or so, we try to watch as many of the movies that are gonna be best pictures. We watch the Oscars, we do the pools and stuff. Like I, I don't know, I kind of like the idea of Hollywood being kind of as big as important as it used to be and all of that. Yeah, I, 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 as I said, I'm not as cynical as Mark. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think it's important that there be a, a ceremony at the end of the year to honor movies. It, it, it's a big deal. It, it sets movies apart because, you know, people don't pay as much attention to the Emmys. You know, the Emmys can try as they want, but the Oscars are it's the most important award show there is, right? Yeah. To Americans anyway. Uh, so it matters, and of course, sometimes you get, and the whole point is you're going to disagree with it. It's just when. So I, I'm with you. I, I like it to matter. I like watching it, and I like award shows. And many of them, uh, I believe, are due the exact 
uh, degree of cynicism that Mark voiced. <laughs> like, I just don't quite think, I think the Oscars are still something special. But here, here are the other nominees for, uh, and by the way, yeah, you have, there's so, I, the thing of it is, obviously, and, and for those, I'll just say this one time and I'll never repeat it. Right. Make fun of John because I like because it's funny to make fun of John because he's a sport and takes a while. But John is so smart and fun and I like him so much. That's why we do it. Okay, there. That's it. That's the one time. Okay. Um, we you recorded like, that, right? You would, yeah. you would like so many of these movies a lot. Right? Wait, wait. First of yeah. all, you seem to be going into this assuming I will have picked Return of the King as best picture. Well, I like I, Lord of the Rings. That's not the nerd I am, though. Lord of the Rings is like in my top 10 IPs. But it's not like I could name IPs you've literally never heard of that I prefer to bring. So what are, what are the movies? Why you make fun of John? Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings is only one of my ten favorite IPs. Yeah. Where are you from? Best IP like ever. <laughs> in, is that intellectual? Who doesn't property? know what that stands for? Well, first it's of all, you a, definitely do. Humans don't say IP. Yeah, but you don't refer to a movie as IP. Exactly. Yeah, Jesus. No, you, you do when it's part of when there's six movies. Like if I were to say the MCU, that is clearly an IP. No, it's you not wouldn't just say that either. Universe, wouldn't say that book. either. Not in conversation. I'm talking to my friends. What's your favorite movie in the MCU? No, nobody would. Okay, hold on a second. Human beings don't poll. talk that way. I want a Twitch poll. I bet. I think it might be a generational thing. I have to fall back to that. That has it to. It might be, be since you started the sentence with "I want a Twitch poll." Yeah. <laughs> Might be generational, some chance, yeah. What are the movies? Uh, the other movies, nom the other IPs nominated. Uh, <laughs> nominated some of them probably will be. For Best Picture in, uh, what is that, 2004 or 2003? Uh, so the award ceremony was 2004, so, so The Return of the King was 2003. Lost in Translation, Sofia Coppola's uh, wonderful movie with uh, with Bill Murray. Uh, Master and Commander, which I... I didn't like at the time. I've seen since. It's an underrated movie. That's a, a very well. I concur. I yeah, think that's well. Well, well yeah. the Peter Weir film. It's a good movie. Uh, Mystic River, which I uh, liked a lot. Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood it was a you know grown up, uh, grown up movie. And Sea Biscuit. Um, I think yeah, Gary Ross directed great. it, but it's a it's a Kathleen. Akiva Goldman script, I think. A very uh, uh, depression Damn, story. I mean, it's uh, yeah, kind of a yeah. I think it's Gary I think Gary Ross script. I think. Okay, well, Akiva Goldman did the polish on it. Um, I, the, uh, I was going to say I, Gary I, Ross. I, yeah, I just, I just threw that in. Right. Um, I, uh, that, and I, I would say that that is a, uh, I'm not, those movies are all, all worthy, right? Mm -hmm. They're all, but that's not a great year. But no, didn't like, Lost in Translation like in, win it? Lost in Translation did not win it, you're saying? No, 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 Return of the King won it. I think in hindsight, wow. we can step away and yeah. say it's not a good year, because of those movies, I would probably pick Lost in Translation. That's the only right. other one I've seen. Um, I did like it, but I would well, probably you should, just see, you should see Master and Commander. It's really kind of booby, John. But it's actually it's pretty good. You should you you should see Master. I uh I'm not really into boat movies hmm. for some reason. Like I like spaceships, but regular ships don't quite do it for me. See, that's a <laughs> sentence, by the way. I'm not really into boat movies. I like spaceships. That's a yeah. sentence that people say to you. Other mean boat IP? You're not yeah. into. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. that's a, <laughs> yeah, like whatever, like the thing, the the little part of your programming that the sort of the the, the human part of it, like that worked there, clicked in, and that was good. Mm -hmm. They just need to refine that part. Okay. Uh, but you, I think you would uh, like because that's a, what's the uh, 
uh, what's the writer's name? What's the guy who's written all those uh, books that uh, Master and Scamp can't? Uh, Patrick O'Brien. Uh, who's written no, I've never read anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, because I Akiva Goldman uh, wrote a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Uh, so let me see some of the uh, Johnny Depp won uh, Best Actor for uh, Mystic River. Uh, Johnny yeah. Depp nominated like Johnny for Depp. Pirates of the uh, Caribbean. Uh, ben Kingsley, House of Sand and Fog. That was a. Mm -hmm. uh, what would I say? Uh, J Sean, J Sean Penn for Mystic River, Johnny Depp for Pirates oh, of the Caribbean. That was the first Pirates of the Year? Must have been the first Pirates of the Caribbean. That was Caribbean. a good one. No, it says The Curse of the Black Pearl. I, I don't know that. Was that the yeah, first yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. That's the first one. No, oh, okay. Um, uh, Jude Law for uh, Cold Mountain and Bill Murray for Lost in Translation. Uh, ben Kingsley's performance in House of Sand and Fog is, oh my God, it's so good. But that movie is a, he's a downer. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Robbins won Best Supporting Actor for uh, Mystic River. It's weird that it won Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, not Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, Alec Baldwin also nominated in The Cooler. It was very good in The Cooler. Yeah, uh, but that was not a good movie. Oh, I liked The There were two great scenes uh, uh, in The Cooler. You didn't like it. Why? Well, I, I just didn't feel... I guess I felt... Um, maybe this is because I'm a Vegas degenerate a little bit, but I, I felt it didn't hold any... Well... Yeah, I'll I'll be honest with you. The premise is absurd, and and maybe I couldn't get past the premise. Right, the There's premise no such that thing there as actually a, is such a thing as a cooler is ridiculous. Yeah, that a guy is so unlucky that they send him to a table when a table's hot, and it yeah. it, it instantly covers. It, it just and I think mm. frankly I couldn't get past that. Yeah, uh, and, and I and I'll also I. say that within the the construct of the film, it seemed as though there were really sort of over the top stereotypical. Characters and that bothered me. But uh, that said, some of the other characters, sort of the, the running characters, I think it's uh, William H Macy and um, uh, some of the uh, other. I forget uh, who's uh, the female. Maria, Maria Bello. She was awesome. Maria Bello, exactly. I mean, that, you know, you've got real gifted actors doing gifted work there. But I just felt the premise was clunky and bad, and I felt, you know, as I say, arch I characters. It, I, it, the premise is absurd, but I remember it being fun and funny. Um, uh, by the way, there's a, a I, I, I tried so hard to make sure I get her pronunciation right. I mentioned her on TCM, but uh, uh, Shore Agdashlu. Shore Agdashlu. And I watched her on a, some, uh, she's uh, the, 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 uh, the wife on... Uh, I think she was his wife, Ben Kingsley's wife in House of Sand and Fog. But uh, anyway, just they were amazing. She's an amazing uh, uh, actress. Uh, Charlize Theron won for Monster. That was good. Oh, that was brilliant. She's in a sci-fi oh, yeah. show that I've watched. That is the only connection I have to this film. She's in The Expanse. Monster not nominated for Best Picture, though. Like, Monster probably gets nominated in hindsight over Seabiscuit. Yes. Uh, uh, well, Seabiscuit was one of... There's more going on there than just the, I don't know, from an Academy, of, again, what gets nominated, it's all so whatever, but uh, it had, it was a depression tale, so you had America at the time of the depression, it's a down and out horse, you mm -hmm. know, uh, <laughs> it was figured to be a loser, I mean, these are some things that you might feel, you know, sort of to be hackneyed and whatever, but this is the stuff that, that actually uh, can resonate emotionally with an audience, and the last thing I would say is, it's kind of a comparison to, you know, when the Oscars involve somebody who's uh, up against a physical or mental disorder or uh, some immense uh, illness, insurmountable illness, and you see uh, the power of that on the Academy to uh, be moved <laughs> to nomination. So a lot of that stuff was in Seabiscuit. It was kind of a rocky 
meets the racetrack. And it, I thought it, it worked. As I recall, I liked it. Yeah, I, as I, it's funny. As I recall, I didn't like it. But I could be wrong. Right. And I certainly haven't seen it again. And uh, it, I tell you what, you mentioned that it was Depression Era. And I thought it was too bright and too cheerful. Like like that it was too, uh, it was it had far too much shine, you know, glossy mm -hmm. Hollywood shine. And it's just Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, Gary Ross there. Like it had a, it had a sheen to it. The best movie of the year, here's what I will uh, declare. And uh, I will wrap this conversation unless no. people want to continue since no one really has that authority. But uh, I will <laughs> say that... Uh, uh, the best movie of the year was the winner of uh, the best documentary feature, which was uh, Fog of War, uh, Errol Morris's oh, film. Oh, my with God, Matt really? that's, the, that's the most important movie of the year. That's the big takeaway from 2003. That's the movie everybody mm -hmm. should see. You know, I was thinking I of another... I was thinking of another Depression-era set film with Russell Crowe called Cinderella Man. Yeah, that's the boxing movie. He's like the boxing Jim movie. Corbett, similar, it's like, right? But that's like Sea Biscuit, oh. but it's in a boxing ring. <laughs> and Akiva Goldman wrote that just to bring it all around. All right. So good night, really? everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, was it? Did, was uh, uh, Cinderella Man? I, I think I just said he played Gentleman Jim Corbett, but he didn't. I don't think. I think he played James J. Braddock. Basically. That's Gentleman Jim Corbett, but yes, he played James J. Braddock. Um, you're right. Two uh, years, two years later, 2005. That's a Ron Howard movie, uh, and Akiva Goldsman uh, wrote the screenplay. So uh, uh, really fast. Eventually, get... eventually we'll get there. That's right. Exactly. I'll drag you across the finish line, <laughs> like yeah. a horse would. Like horse, a horse movies or boat movies. That's the real. Boat. this but in the poll it was two out of three said it was weird to talk about ips that's not that's just wow not, I don't trust popular opinion um <laughs> well, it's not it's not weird i don't need a poll it's unbelievable it's not human you know like it's a flaw in the system that that's like. how we know you're a replicant because you okay. talk about <laughs> IPs. Just because something isn't so doesn't mean it shouldn't be uh. <laughs> Uh, At some anyway. point, it's going to be very exciting. I hope I'm on a show when John heals back the face. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. <laughs> to reveal his true alien identity. Um, John, uh, you're uh, not uh, you're not swept away by the whole uh, renewed interest uh, in aliens coming here, and uh, now the presence, or for, and I say uh, aliens, I mean some sort of unexplained extraterrestrial phenomenon potentially. Now it's in the zeitgeist. Does that excite you, or that's not really your jam? I don't think. Is no, it, I mean it, it. It would have been years ago, um, and I did sort of realize we 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 covered it like two or three times over the last month on the Young Turks, like the you know impending report. We even talked about it on last Friday. But yeah, I was surprised to find out I was less interested. Just I I think that it's a result of the job doing this for nine years. I can't imagine anything that cool or awe-inspiring being true anymore. And I, and I just, I don't know, I instantly start to, start to think about, like, if it was real, now I have a better idea of how society would react to it. I still like the idea, 
I just don't have much faith that in our lifetimes it'll, you know, be proven true or whatever. And plus, space travel has gotten such a bad, you know, like it, it's gotten associated with like this really regressive billionaire behavior and everything. So I'm still super into space, but I keep it like purely in fiction. I don't have much real world aspirations. I, I just read that 48% uh, uh, of uh, Americans don't think that aliens should have to wear masks, which I think was, uh, I thought that was uh, a, that's a really, yeah. revealing yeah. poll. It's quite yeah. a, mm. <laughs> um, I was just at, uh, my daughter was in a, a play, uh, uh, and uh, the, the performance uh, was today, uh, a version of School of Rock. The, uh, oh, really? Do you feel it was a nomination worthy? I mean, I do. There was uh, once one of them asked for a line, and the other five girls realized that they could also then ask for a line. It was oh really, no! Yeah, really. Then it just became like, like, hey, we don't have to, I don't have to remember anything. Like, no, you're doing it live. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Line, <laughs> Maybe the yeah, line, line, line. I'll, yeah, sure. I'll take one. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, but it was. Uh, but um, they. Uh, Oh, what was I saying? Who cares? Doesn't matter. Uh, School um, of Rock. Jack Black. School of Rock. Oh. Jack Black. I don't remember. I don't yeah. remember. I'm sure it was good. Was it good? That is terrific. Uh, uh, yeah, they, of course it was good. They were eight. They're adorable. You know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, masks. Right. We had a conversation. It was a, theor a theoretical conversation about masks. There's a place here, which is very well titled, called Big and Tiny. Um, I don't know if it's a, a, a you know franchised, but it's a it's a, a like a WeWork type space, right? Where you go to get stuff done, but you also has childcare, yeah. like you, so you can bring your kid, and there's stuff for the kid to do. But you can work as long as you can work with the sound of children playing. But I'm sure many parents who have their kids a lot of times are quite used to the background noise of kids, and they can work. Um, and the issue was. Uh, on June 15th here in California, as things open up next week, that uh, you won't be required to wear a mask. And so they made the announcement that kids at the at this big and tiny won't have to wear masks. And the mom was wondering, like, will we at any point adapt the, the, the I'll, I'll say Japan, I'm sure it's elsewhere in, in Asia, the, the, the policy of, hey, I'm feeling a little under the weather or my kid is feeling a little bit under the weather, I'm going to wear a mask today. Right, mm -hmm. that is a totally reasonable human decision that we should all make as part of our, as part of this. My my, as my friend uh, Dan, who's here, uh, uh, as I tape this show, so what we talk about the social contract, right? We all, we, we we may not have actually signed it, but we're we've all entered into it by agreeing to participate with others, right? Mm -hmm. And in that social contract, um, we should, of course, like, but. Of course, but we're so ill-equipped as Americans to handle it. Is my thought is that so I'm curious. Is it will we do that right? Because we saw the the deaths this year. I'm sure you saw John and Mark also uh, deaths this this last year from the flu. Mm -hmm. There were like less than 700 or something. I may have the numbers slightly or staggeringly low. Obviously, partly that we weren't out mixing, but also that we were wearing masks. Turns out, you know, we won't give other people the flu. Right, it's just how it works. Yeah, all yeah. communicable illnesses will be <clears throat> right. You wash, by the same right, thing. wash your hands, wear a mask. We can we can keep ourselves. Most people, we can right. we can really knock the flu down each year. Um, so, will we do that when we don't feel well, but we still have to engage in our day? Obviously, you hope that if you're really sick, you stay home. But if you're <clears throat> got a little cough and you mm -hmm. have things you have to do, wear a mask. Or 
will we feel like people will say, if you're sick enough to wear a mask, then you should be home and your kids should be home, which then will have the effect of, okay, well, then I'm not going to wear the mask because then everybody will tell me that I shouldn't be out at all in the first place. And I need to be out because I need to be out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we're equipped to handle that, that delicate balance. I mean, I definitely think that to the extent that like there were a lot of things that we try to do to get people to wear masks during this. And I, I feel like, even though I can't prove that the incentive to protect yourself was marginally more effective than protecting others. Like I think in theory, we could marginally have more. I, I thank you for making the point. I was going to say, are you kidding? You can, Hey, I, uh, you and your philosopher friend, uh, go sit on a rock and get stoned. This uh, country only cares about, we care about ourselves. We don't know what a social contract is. There's no implicit understanding that if I do something good for the other person that it'll it'll forward society. We are selfish as hell. One of the great errors they made is this campaign, be a hero, wear a mask for the other guy. The other guy, screw the other guy. He's got the <laughs> toilet paper that I tried to find earlier tonight. I mean, it's, <laughs> I think, I, I, I'm sorry. Obviously there are exceptions and I think you're operating at a really cool level of, you know, um, uh, agreement with families that care about each other. But the rest of us out here are in a rugby scrum of trouble, Ben. And believe me, we're all elbowing each other for the, the last hand of two. probably right uh, it's it's too bad i mean that certainly gets more attention um but uh yeah you see it in every all these governors greg abbott today you know with the i don't know what what he signed some order that you know at no point can anyone in texas ever ask anyone to wear a mask or whether they've been vaccinated or anything like that ever and it really is this idea of this vague unidentifiable concept of individual freedom Right, which, of course, we don't really have, never have. I mean, you have to have a driver's license, right? You can't just get in a car and drive wherever the hell you want at whatever age you want. So we have rules, but they just— At speed you want. Right, you can't go with whatever speed you want, right? There's a zillion, well, of course, you pay taxes. There's a zillion restrictions, right? You can't build your house wherever you want. You got to—there's rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can't just get a gun whenever you want and take it— Oh, right, never oh, mind. Yeah. Actually, right, that <laughs> one you can do. Yeah. Um, but— um, uh, but there's no sense of uh, there's no sense of collective good, and of course, as soon as you, God forbid, use the word collective, well then, yeah, you know, you're you might as well be one of the Hollywood Ten. I mean, you're you're a yeah. communist, and you'll never work in this town again. And the idea of the collective good it just seems obvious. Like, I'm not feeling well, but I got to run some errands. I'm gonna wear a mask, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't get any other people say it. Just seems like such in an fa- obvious. In, in kind fact, thing it's interesting because uh, last point. In that mask scenario to which you refer, you'd think almost, I'm so used to seeing this, that somebody wears a mask because they're afraid of being infected. Mm -hmm. I just presume that it's out of their own caution and their desire to avoid being infected, as opposed to, I'm feeling like I've got the sniffles, maybe I got something, maybe it's just allergies, so I'm going to put a mask on. I don't view Mm -hmm. it as something that they're doing for me necessarily. And again, that's because I have the bias that 
I don't think anybody's doing anything for each other in general, you know, so. I, yeah. I think that we might see a little bit more of like, I'm gonna go on a long flight, so I'll wear it to protect myself. There will probably be some people that'll do like Ben says, but I just wonder what are people around them gonna say? How are they gonna react yeah. to being criticized, you know? Ah, it's really unfortunate. And, and in terms of the like the, the message of protect yourself or protect others, I saw um, Representative Bober had retweeted this tweet that was uh, was put on sunscreen to protect others from sunburn. And like had thousands of retweets of, yeah, tell them. Like there's just not even an understanding of the aspect of helping others, let alone a respect for that or a belief that that's yeah, a laudable it's goal. The, it's the hostility to the idea that you would not even we're not even helping others. We're not talking like you want to, you know, look, man, we all step around homeless people, right? Like we're all together on that, right? It's just one of these weird, awful things that we have uh, uh, become accustomed to living with, right? Um, but that's not we're not talking about helping other people. We're just talking about having a we're just talking about not running them over. Yeah, right. I mean, it's almost it's, it's it's like it's like you want to say to, to Lauren Boebert, like uh, that way of thinking right, is, yeah, I'm going to, uh, if I'm driving down the street and I have the right of way and I see somebody crossing the street, uh, not in a crosswalk, I'm just going to hit him, mm -hmm. right, with my car, because, hey, man, <laughs> they're in the wrong. <laughs> There's, you know, and, and it's like, hey, no, it's okay. I got it. They're not supposed to cross there, but we all make a decision that, like, yeah, I'm going to slow down. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe I'm going to flip them off, but <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to run them over with my car. Is that um, the, the 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 way that like protecting yourself or others has become like sort of core to people's identity? Is there anything over the past few decades that compares in terms of man, I really would not have expected that that would get wrapped up with people's sense of self and their identity as part of a group, like something that shouldn't have anything to do with ideology do or anything like that. Well, like the idea that to put on a mask to want others to. That's something that them libs do. I'm not going to do it because I want freedom. I never would have expected that protecting yourself would become tied to someone's political identity. It seems so separate, but it is very closely tied. It might be one of the things most directly connected to ideology in the last year. It, have you ever seen anything like that, something that you you never would no, have I thought guess, would become? Mark, I don't know. I, no, I don't think so. But I mean, I, there's so many things in this last year that I, the last more than, I mean, last year in particular, but really, you got to say the last five years um, mm -hmm. that have so uh, staggered me that I didn't didn't think, you know, I thought I had a, some sense of, you know, growing up talking about politics, paying attention to stuff like this, some idea of how things worked, but nope, don't. So, Mark, well, I mean, the, the, the problem is that uh, you, I think, you know, you look at somebody like Ben, who did grow up probably, you know, steeped in politics in ways that you know, most of us did not, but also uh, is having big brain conversations and also like just across the fence conversations about uh, uh, both political ideology and politics, uh, you know, and the way it actually plays out in everyday life. But what you, you can lose sight of, I think, in any of these conversations is uh, this uh, this part of America that's brewing in places that we don't, you know, we don't live and, and that we don't perhaps have enough interaction with or, or you know, uh, uh, sufficient interaction anyway to understand what's going on there. And, man, I mean, Ben is right when he talks about the fact that, you know, in the last five years, we've just seen the cork popped on this uh, this cauldron of, uh, uh, of 
of I don't know what. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's anger. It's disenfranchisement. It's uh, uh, the lefties and uh, uh, and and the and the politics of the left and the values of the left mm-hmm. not reflecting my own values. Uh, the godless uh, heathens of the city uh, ruling over the rural community, and so. All of that's wrapped into th- into whatever they can wrap it into, and so comes along comes the pandemic, and I'm just thinking out, out loud as I'm uh, I, I hear this uh, I think really interesting uh, notion that you've introduced, John, which is uh, along comes the pandemic, and now we're all asked to do certain things and sort of analyze the situation for ourselves, and so a lot of those things to which I refer come you know come center stage and then front and center, and I don't think I can recall anything. Uh, like this mask thing yeah. being what it's become, which is this lightning rod for hate. River, I, I thought there was a lot to it. It was a little long, Mark. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, man, we were just, you know, what we learned is the way information is, is is the power of that network of information, the power of the misinformation, and that we are, you know, and it's not just as simple as it's not Fox News and it's not, uh, it wasn't merely Rush Limbaugh and the other conservative uh, uh, radio hosts. It was, it was really Facebook. And, and, you know, I'm mostly Facebook, but the other social media sites and with, uh, as always, the most important person is not a political ad. It's your friend telling you what to think. And they're, yeah. you know, and, and the articles getting shared on Facebook. That was really the as the beginning of the end. Um, so yeah. it's just, you know, this echo chamber that the right created suddenly with social media it just got it got a lot bigger. And uh, uh, and, and and that sort of it fed the anger and the misinformation. Uh, I don't know how we get and, and it's, I mean, look, it extends into this, uh, uh, this, I don't want to call it post pandemic, but you know, pre post pandemic, uh, period. And during which, by the way, we may see another variant, uh, spike or, t- you know, I, I was reading something just today about uh, a new kind of variant. Now you never know whether what you're reading also to Ben's point is, is this a clickbait that I'm reading or <laughs> is this a legitimate, uh, and they had a, you know, they had a doctor on and, you know, epidemiologist who seemed to know what he was talking about. Uh, who just was prescribing vigilance. I don't know what the hell that means. All right, of course, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be. But uh, it's indeed the case that when it came to getting the vaccine, I mean, apart from whatever illegitimate anxiety one can feel about vaccines and legitimate research one can do into the development of vaccine or whatever, uh, it became a, a politicized thing as well. So you had the masks, you had the vaccine. And Ben's right, uh, just to finish up, your, uh, at least from my remarks, I mean, the fact is, you had the wrong administration at the wrong time for this pandemic, and you had—I mean—you had utter yeah. uh, incompetence in addition to all of these politicized issues. So, crazy. That's right. That's right. That's right. Made it worse. You know what's been ruined by the uh, by the uh, by the pandemic in the last uh, hunk of time uh, is the phrase. Uh, I've done a lot of my own research on this. <laughs> like there was, a, there was a time when you might have thought, oh, 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 you have, oh, great, because I haven't. Yeah. So tell. What you've learned, but now yeah. it's just a sign that you gotta you gotta run out of the room. <laughs> yeah, there's like no chance that that ends with enlightenment. <laughs> That's right. There's really zero well, chance. What's scary is yeah. you know we have this view that you know uh, these people are just kind of these listless 
uh, rudderless vessels that are, you know, uh, headed in the wrong direction. If they could just find the starkly clear truth, they would follow it. But when you actually talk to these people, we've all talked to many of these people on any issue from masks to whatever, uh, you to legitimacy of the election, they come at you with these, and what they're doing is regurgitating stuff that they've seen or heard on in any of these different forums, Fox News Channel or whatever, or maybe it's Facebook or social media. They come at you with this authority and, and, and with the, like these well-crafted thoughts that are complete lunacy. And you just, I, I realize, I mean, I can't get you off of that position with a stick of dynamite. You're so wedded to it and you think you have the mathematics to back it up and you don't. It's just a wild time to be to be talking about this stuff and trying to influence opinions. Yeah, I remember, uh, uh, Mark, uh, you, uh, my brother and I were on uh, The Edge, The Edge Show, right, with Mark Thompson? Is that what, is that yeah, what it edge. is? The Edge. It's called, yeah, The Edge with Mark Thompson. Thank you for mentioning it, Matt. It was, a, <laughs> sure. it was an honor for us to have you in. Uh, so Josh and I were on, and we were on, I guess, in either late 2015 or probably early 2016. I don't know. I think I feel like pre-primaries. And Josh, I remember, hesitated on this. And in hindsight, his hesitation has been uh, was the way to go. But I told you, I just remember sitting there with him in that studio, right, in the iHeart Radio studio, wherever that was at the time, somewhere, and said, like, you know, you asked, would Trump, could Trump win the nomination? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Inconceivable. There's no possible way that that guy will get the nomination. And I remember thinking, am I being too definitive? And I was like, no, no, this is this is this this doesn't happen. We don't we don't do this. Uh, I don't know if at that point he'd imitated the reporter yet. Uh, and so, but I remember thinking that whenever it was that I saw that, like being again certain, like, oh well, that's. That's that. Can't do that. Can't you can't uh, mock someone with a disability and uh, succeed in public life. Um, so yeah, we're just there's just so many things that to have been surprised at in the last uh, five years. So 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 I uh, uh, what sci-fi show did I try to watch? Oh, the uh, Mauritanian. That's not what it's called. What's the Star Wars show oh, yeah. on Disney? Uh, the, uh, sure. the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. <laughs> I tried to watch the Mandalorian, and I can Madagascarian. see yeah. I don't like the. It's a. It's it's what uh, people complained about with the uh, football, like uh, the helmet. You can't see, your helmet. You can't see their faces. Like I. Uh, that was yeah. A, I mean, that so felt you, like you a, watched. I thought, yeah. Like the first season. No, I watched like the first two episodes, and I got that they were they were good. I didn't know the. I don't know that world. Um, yeah. But is was, there a primer for that, John? For real? Could you, like, could I glance at a couple of web pages and get me up to speed so that when I hit um, the series, maybe. I would be, you know? I honestly, I don't, like, I definitely think, look, if you know the world, you will appreciate it. But I don't think that they really expect you to. Like, anything that references it is going to be like an Easter egg. It's not like you need to know this. Oh, okay. yeah, the work, yeah. the I area wasn't, I wasn't lost. I just hmm. don't know it and don't, I'm not sure. into it. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't confusing. Yeah, it's they. It's not in like a time or a part of the universe that you necessarily know from other stuff. It's it's new new territory. Um, the 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 main actor Pedro Pascal is really good. Like he's you know in Game of Thrones, he had a great role there. He's very good. It's obviously difficult for him to carry a series through the helmet, but I think he does a pretty good job. Yeah, uh, and the second series was really good too. 
Um, so, but I also, uh, you know, I like games. So I, I'm not against, uh, like, I don't, you know, so I don't mock game night. Interesting. I just want to point that out. I don't mock. Would no, because you you're gathering a game night. Of course, I would come to a game night. And we, but we used to have game nights. I mean, we, you know, yeah. uh, me and Michael Shore and Mark came to some. Of my brother, we we like. I love game nights. Game, you know, that's just friends getting together and laughing and. Uh, yeah, and ben, has ho ben has hosted game nights before, John. I'm surprised that you weren't. Actually, no, I'm not surprised that you weren't there. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, uh, it's been. Uh, a oh, it's been a while. Yeah, more, it's definitely more, been a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Uh, the I my brother used to you know the game that everybody everybody seems the name game or celebrity mm -hmm. right so where everybody sort of throws ten names into a bowl and they have to pick the name out and explain it to your team get them to yeah. guess it my brother is the both the best and the worst player at that <laughs> because you get so frustrated <laughs> when his teammates don't know what he thinks should be known. Yeah. And frequently it'll be a name that he put in there. And it's like Arizona, former Arizona Senator Dennis <laughs> DeConcini, right? <laughs> and, and, and it'll be a couple of uh, 27 year olds who like are pretty smart, right? And may even like politics, but what do you know? <laughs> they don't really know the Keating Five scandal or yeah. Arizona's electoral. He was history head of the well Senate Foreign Relations Committee. For <laughs> Keating Five. Keating Five. His name, the same letter for the letter. Never mind. And then there's like 41 seconds left. He's like, never mind. Right? He just no, checks out. No, he just he's like, and they're like, no, no. And then they're apologizing. I'm so sorry that we don't, you know. And I'm like, Josh, like say like. Blank the menace, and then they'll get Dennis, and then they'll know the first name. Like you work your way, you know, work your way another. Nope, nope, done. You know, whatever. Oh. He'll be like, they'll never get it. Can't get it. Can't be done. And then you're like, we have 28 <laughs> seconds left. And you, everybody I, I sort of sits quietly while Josh pouts. It's great. That's yeah. funny. And he know, but he knows more about each person. But he's the, but that said, he's always the smartest person. Yeah, you know, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah that's right. Said, it's right. his brilliance. Yeah. Is uh, it works against the him. brilliance yeah. works against him. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I guess we're out of time. Yeah, uh, that's right. But, yeah, uh, tyt.com/slash/join. Uh, anything else? Uh, tyt uh, shop tyt.com. You want to uh, every watch? every uh, every morning at uh, what? John, uh, ten o'clock Eastern. Uh, uh, one ten Pacific, uh, one Eastern. And now for night starting yet uh, today, uh, now ninety minutes. We uh, lead directly from ten Pacific uh, into eleven thirty, and then right as we're finishing, uh, Dr. Rashad Ritchie's new show, Indisputable, comes on for another hour. Good information. All right, stuff. All right. Thanks, John. This was fun. Awesome. Nice to see you. That was, was fun. Great, we everybody. almost certainly won't do it again, but it was uh, it was good. <laughs> Good. John, we should make some plans now that we can hang out and hang out. And I, some games. We can do what that. are we watching? Pass of Glory. Paths I've of got glory. Pass of Glory. Yeah, yeah we, we, we got to watch Pass of Glory and we got to hang out with Arlene before she leaves him. So, oh, that's you know, right. Yeah. Well, she, we're on the clock. You, you, hey, hey, we've got weeks. Okay, it'll be fine. All right, <laughs> All everybody. Good night. Bye bye.
All right, thanks for watching this free clip of Old School. Don't forget to become a TYT member today for the rest of the show and for more exclusive content throughout the network. Join now at tyt.com slash join.